Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are going to do our assumption of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus series. And because it's Star Wars, (laughs) and because we know someone who has a Star Wars tattoo, which I don't, do you? I do not. Yes. Y'all are lame. We brought in our producer, Not Scott, because he likes to talk Star Wars. It's good to be with you. Good to have you here, not Scott. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mikey, tell us the kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tell us about what what it is, what it was, and then we'll get into it. Okay. It's on Disney Plus, like you said. It is six episodes. It is the newest of the Star Wars TV show. Loose premises. This is ten years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three Revenge of the Sith. Where, you know, we got the Jedi were destroyed, Order 66, all that stuff. This is sort of between the scenes of the prequels and the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. We kind of know Obi-Wan's story, but we don't know this time period. We're filling in the gaps a little bit, and it's Ewan McGregor is back mm-hmm. as everybody's favorite Obi-Wan. No no shade to Alec Guinness, but I'm a Ewan McGregor fan. Yes. I think as time has gone on, Ewan McGregor's performance in the prequels were some of the real highlights of it. There were some of my favorite parts of go. the prequels are always involved. Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, for sure. What were everyone's feelings going into this show? When you're sitting down, when it's first rolling, what was the anticipation, the apprehension, the feelings going into it? Like sitting down with a big old bowl of ice cream. (laughs) Hey, we've said that before. Star Wars is ice cream. Exactly. And I just got a big heaping new flavor to try. There is always that excitement when the music is playing, the score is going, you see the credits roll, and you're like, ooh, I'm getting more Star Wars. I, I did get the same tinglings. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for the first couple episodes, it was it was all excitement. I do have my, my, my nitpicks that will come up here in a little bit, but no, I mean, happy to see, like I said, Ewan McGregor back, more Jedi. This is my favorite time in Star Wars, like, between... I, I love the prequels. I love the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So... I'm happy to get a little bit more in this world. Rogue One times? Yeah. Is that the times you like? That's it. Mm. Why? That's such a weird stance to take. Why is that your favorite time? Because it's that's that's classic Star Wars. I mean, it's it's what the whole thing was sort of built around. I mean, built around the original trilogy, but this is... Excuse me? Ridge, Tridge? Sorry. Oh, yes, yeah. we've learned. Thanks, Bacon. OT? <laughs> but that's what this is sort of... This is what it's paying homage to, so... I'm happy to get more of it. For sure. All the episodes were directed by Deborah Chow and written by a whole bunch of different people, mostly Joby Harold, it looks like, who I don't know who that is. But the point of me saying that is that this is not a Filoni Favreau property. True. This is other people. And I'm going to say it kind of suffers for it, but we'll get into that as we go. Ah, yes. Kevin, I'm sensing not, this is not your favorite flavor of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, You know, sometimes they come out with a new flavor and, you know, you're like, ooh, and you try it and you're like, Rocky Road. Yeah. 
Bubble gum? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever had like, you ever go to like those ice cream places where they have like the cold marble? The mix-in places. That they mix the stuff into it. And you ever thought like gummies will be good mixed in ice cream, but then you learn that they become like. Tiny little rocks. Yeah. (laughs) In your your ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that as a child. I think there might have been some gummy bears in this flavor for me, but we'll get into it. Yeah, we uh, it's 10 years after Order 66. We opened on the first episode. None of these episodes are named, but they're just named parts, part one, two, three. That's boring. I like when they name episodes. First criticism, name your episode something interesting. I don't know if this has any connection to it, but it is like part one, part two, part three. But we also like, this is a time of episode four, five, six, episode one, two, three. Did Mandalorian have names, sub-names? I thought it was just... Um, Pretty sure Mando had Chapter names. 1, Chapter 2, Chapter well, 3. Well, maybe just chapters. Maybe. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't remember. But it is kind of weird. Ah, uh, yes. Kevin sees one problem with it, and that's all he sees yeah. are problems. Oh, well, you know, I'm just looking at it right now. I, I just, I guess I got used to that, like, Stranger Things, like, they name all their episodes something interesting. Vecna's Curse. Yeah. The one with Obi-Wan and his lightsaber. That's it. Mm-hmm. I want to know why Obi-Wan's in six movies and they gave this six episode. Was that intentional? Totally. Symmetry. It's really important. Harmony and echoes. That's a, that's a Star Wars thing. Well, I just want to jump in and say one of my favorite parts of this was, we talked about it earlier, Ewan McGregor. Yes. For uh, one of my favorite parts of everything and of this series particularly was his performance. I really had a sense of the mental impact that the events of Revenge of the Sith took that fight that it took out on Obi-Wan and his mental state. We talked about that fight on the podcast. It's one of the coolest fights ever. Absolutely, which it's going to take some time, but there's a fight scene in here that gives it a run for its money. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I guess I'm drawn to the broken character. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about it in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a great job just being broken. I think Obi-Wan, when this starts off, he's very broken Mm -hmm. by what's happened. So broken, he's turned his back on literally everything he believed. When the young Jedi comes and he says, you know, I need help. Turn around, run, go away. And he's not going to scratch that itch of being a Jedi has. And it was, I was so sad. I felt really upset when Mm -hmm. he just turned Mm -hmm. him away. I was like, no, that's not Obi-Wan. That's not what he does. And and Star Wars continues to take what you thought these finished character arcs and adding new dimension and new resonance mm-hmm. to these different characters and they change out throughout their life. You don't just change until you get so old. Right. But you continue to change. And I thought where Obi-Wan went, why he went there, and they did a great job of reminding us why he's there in that broken place. And I've I've seen, see, looking at this synopsis that I'm reading over here, I have to disagree with... Whoever wrote this, where they say he lost connection with the Force. I don't think he's lost connection with the Force. I think he did what Luke did in the sequels. Yes. 100%. Where he like cut it off because that's the best way to not be found and detected. I'd argue that like, Yoda didn't have to do that because Yoda went to a place that had so much life on it that it masked him. Yep. But being a deep old Legends nerd, reading those books and the old comic books and stuff, And I don't care if this is canon or not, but there is a story where Luke goes back and finds Obi-Wan's diary. And that's how he builds his new lightsaber. That's why this new lightsaber ends up looking like Obi-Wan's and a lot that he has the plans to that. Gotcha. And there's a lot of information that's in that diary that's been used in the various 
old legend stuff. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a wonderful connection. I've made that connection right away in my head that, oh, Luke cut himself off from the Force because he read about Obi-Wan doing that. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Because he was supposed to be keeping the diary while he was looking over Luke. Because I I absolutely believe he did the exact same thing Luke did. He cut himself off from the Force and his Force powers Mm -hmm. kind of eroded. But like Luke... You can turn it back on. Atrophy, that's the yeah. right word. You can turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would disagree with that just a little bit because, like, they do make a point to show that Obi-Wan eventually tries to use the Force again based on the episodes as they progress. He's trying to, you know, fix situations when he... We're talking about little No, princesses. there's a very specific point when he uses the Force again. Exactly. And so, like, it's atrophy, like you're saying, but I think it's also a good hook, like you were saying, because of his failure with Anakin. Like, he has trauma, so it's... It's very nice character development in that, like, he's trying to work through how he failed with Anakin. He's trying to desk. work with how he gets the Force back and how he is a good guy again, a Jedi again. For me in this first episode, let me do the high point of this first episode for me. Go for it. The high point of this first episode... C-3PO in the background. Is... <laughs> C-3PO was in the background? Oh, yeah, it was. So was R2. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't I did notice it. The first, I noticed C-3PO, but... On a rewatch. Ah. Watch the backgrounds. There you go. No. The highlight for me was Joel Edgerton reprising Owen Lars. And he was literally, I was like, dude, you got it, man. Absolutely. You are literally Owen Lars at that age. I 100% believe that that's the guy in between the fresh faced guy we met in the prequels and the old gruff Luke, you don't get to do anything until you've cleaned out the moisture <laughs> evaporators. Right. That guy. It was pitch perfect. I would agree with that. 100%. It, you nailed to, it. To me, it's a small scale version of what Ewan McGregor did with Obi-Wan. For sure. Like, to me now, yeah. to me yeah. now, Joel Edgerton's Owen in this show almost surpasses the original actor. I get you. Doing it in a lot of ways. I just thought it was great. It's All that in 12 minutes of screen time. Yeah. I mean, it's great. You made a huge impact. And especially for the, I mean, everybody's made a meme of it from the trailer, but... He calls out Obi-Wan. He's like, you're supposed to be the protector, but, you know, are you going to mess it up like you messed it up with Anakin? I know, like, right? Whoa, oh, that cut deep. That cut me when it happened. But no, good job to Owen. For sure. Was Tatooine once an ocean? Did I read that somewhere? There was in, yeah, that came, out, that came out in the Boba Fett show. That Tatooine was an ocean? Yeah. The okay. Tusken Raiders say that the sand used to be all water. Yeah. And the all whole right. tree montage and building the Jaffa yeah. stick and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Okay, so it was in, all right, it was in Boba Fett. Yeah. Where that came out. Mm-hmm. Because Obi-Wan's working, he, they're carving up a fish, right? Oh, yeah, that giant. Yeah, he's 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 working thing. a job. What is that? What is he cutting up? I don't know what Do that we know? thing is. Raw meat. It's, it's raw, raw meat, <laughs> and it's coming out in like four inch by four inch. Perfect fillets. It's synthetic right. Star Wars uh, future food. I don't know. <laughs> it could be a giant fish. I believe it. Is that named? I never even saw the name of that. I, and, and I went and looked for it because I was like, it's so weird. What is that? It well, is a weird child. Eopies eat it, whatever it, it is. It wasn't a I wasn't a crayat dragon, because we've seen what those look like. True. Not a crayat dragon. It didn't look like that. It wasn't the mult that weird look kind of mu- fish like multi armed monster. Maybe it's just one of those weird camels that he's riding later in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of of Owen and your problems with Reva, we also Was it a space whale? Might have been a space whale. There you go. Those are canon. Yeah. Reva very clearly, as the rest of the thing sets up really mind power. She can get in your head and dark side her way into your brain. Why didn't she do that to Owen right then? 
Oh, so this is where Reva and the Inquisitors introduced. Right. You're talking about. Yeah, the we're main, on Tatooine. We're on Owen. Yeah. The main bad guy of the series. Yes. They're hunting Jedi's, which is what the Inquisitors do. A lot of people thought the Inquisitor looked weird based on a cartoon where everyone has. The, guess what? Obi Wan in that cartoon looks weird too. Looks weird too. <laughs> Stretched out. See how square his beard is. <laughs> yeah, we're, we hit the exact same thing. We hit. In Book of Boba Fett. With Cad Bane. Where Cad Bane shows yeah. up and they're like, he looks weird. Yeah, because he's not a cartoon now. It's like He's a practical effect. And, well, and by the way, he looked he looked like the alien that the cartoon was supposed to look like, which exactly. if you go back to the movies, that alien is in there. And the Cad Bane in the show, Boba Fett, looks like that alien is supposed to look like. It's uh, Anyway, you're going to hear me get upset about things on this <laughs> podcast. Get upset about the right things like I do. <laughs> I do, I do like, I do, I do like the nerds that have taken the pictures of the actors, like Christopher Lee, oh yeah, yeah. From Count Dooku, and they've yeah. like photoshopped his face to look like the cartoon proportions, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's why they didn't do it because this is weird looking. Yeah, exactly. That that should set your expectations. Exactly. But yeah, Reva and the Quisitors. Uh, to your question, I don't think she can mind force Owen easily because. That's always been the thing with Mind Force is, like, if you're really strong-willed, it kind of doesn't work. Mm, yeah, it's true. And yeah, she couldn't Mind Force a 10-year-old. So, She's strong-willed, too, though. Oh, that's true. It's supposed to be, like, weak-minded people, and I don't think Owen's weak-minded either at all. Not it's if a, he's, he has the most stubborn mind ever. You probably try and probe his mind and just come a just a wall of sandstone. You're just going to get the response back that says clean clean out the... Uh, <laughs> moisture you, evaporators? By clean out day. the moisture evaporators. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of controversy over this Reva character. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's get it. Now, first of all, none of us here are those people who are like, I don't care what color you are. Yep. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Let's just leave that at the table. It is not okay to tell any actor that they suck, no matter what, to their, like, you know, go on their social medias. And start telling them, "Hey, you suck." Based on anything, that's I don't it. even think it should be based. That's I don't why, care, that's I don't, why Jake Lloyd is a hermit these days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jake Lloyd is Jake Lloyd didn't have, and it, again, best, yeah. Jake Lloyd's the best example though, because that takes race out of it totally. That's, Absolutely. My point is, don't kid. ever do that at all. It's not cool. Even Hayden Christensen had a hard time coming back. It took him all these years to be okay with it. It wouldn't one hundred percent agree with you, but however. It's 2022. Are we really surprised I when know. the anonymity of the internet allows people to be awful trolls? It's true. But you're living up to the stereotype. Everybody always but. harped on Star Wars fans for being toxic. Quit being toxic. Enjoy the things they're giving you. Why are you surprised when they're toxic? Exactly. Because we should have learned by now. <laughs> we should have. They should have. But just <laughs> not enough people listen to this podcast. But It's true. Now, that being said, no matter how good of an actor you are, as we saw from some of the criticism of the prequels, yes. where there's Oscar winners in there, mm-hmm. if you're not given good direction, if you're not given the best lines, your performance isn't going to come out great, mm-hmm. and you're going to suffer for it. Yep. It's all about writing. You can only perform your way around stuff so much. To me, this Reva character was more befitting of Xena Warrior Princess, Hercules <laughs> the Legendary Journeys. You say that like it's a bad thing. That's true. Have but, you seen those shows? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that there's, okay, let me put it to you this way. It is mostly agreed around the world that one of the greatest villains of all time is from Star Wars. Yes. Darth Vader. Agreed. You have mm-hmm. a very high bar for villains in this franchise. And 
I love Xena Warrior Princess. I loved Hercules the Legendary Journeys when it was on, but that is a lower quality, lower tier version of entertainment. It just is. Yep. And that's not what I'm expecting to see in my Star Wars that has given us some really good villains, you know, between the Emperor and and even Kylo Ren. He had was a Darth, good, you know. Darth Maul is so menacing. Darth Maul, right? Darth Maul was menacing, but he was only on screen for like 13 minutes or something ridiculous. Yeah. Still cool. So we are still all in agreement that the Reva character and her performance, whether it was her or whether it was her direction or whether it was a script or whatever, was one of the softest parts of this offering. I mean, I personally think it was. I think that the the character could have been written a little a little better, had the motivations a little more clear. And then also, too... It was obvious to me. It was very, I think Mikey had said it pre-show, it was very Disney in the fact that all the other Inquisitors are so frightening looking. And here's this basically just this nice looking lady in an Inquisitor outfit. It looked like a really good cosplay. And she left her helmet in the car (laughs) or something like that. She forgot Um, some of her face paint. Because that's the thing. I mean, if you want to talk to me about any racism or anything, that's a beautiful woman coming out of that thing with all these scary monsters. (laughs) And it's like, what are you doing? And then she's trying to be intimidating and angry. And sure, but when you have Darth Vader's and those Inquisitors and Darth Maul and all these other things in this world, it's just like... She She didn't measure up. She she, wasn't scary. She just seemed like like an angry lady. You messed up her order. And now she's upset. And I'm going to cut some hands off. Uh, Well, and and it's interesting because you you said that when we talked, like after we all watched episode two or episode three or something about it. And it was one of those things I couldn't unsee. It's like, she's not ugly enough. All of the... I think you said it, Kevin. The dark side... Has a has an effect, mm-hmm. a negative effect on your physical appearance. Yes, it literally did it in front of our eyes in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When uh, when when Palpatine, his appearance changes. Even Anakin, his eyes change and he starts start turning into Darth Vader. And he he begins those steps. There is nothing about her appearance that was scary. Mm-hmm. You said it. She's around a bunch of monsters. Yeah. She's supposed to be scary. And for me, that part, her scariness just didn't land for me. Yeah, I don't understand why. It could have easily been solved by like a Phantom of the Opera mask. You wouldn't even have to cover her whole face up. But you just that. do something a- that, do something to just obscure a little bit. You know, just like what's going on under there. I'm not 100% sure what's happening. A little bit of mystique, a little bit of menace. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of mystique, a little bit of menace. And then later on, because it was broadcast from the second episode, I'm like, oh, I know why they're doing this. They're doing this because she's going to turn good. And guess what? Spoiler alert. That's what happened. (laughs) Spoiler alert. But the thing is, is that that's not the way to do it. You can, you put, like I said, put the half mask on. And the, the thing is, people might be saying, well... Adam Driver didn't look all scary when he was Kylo Ren. Yes, he had the mask. He had a mask you know? and a voice. And it wasn't until he took the mask off, that's when we started clotting towards him turning good. Yes. I mean, the problem with this is that they've done this before correctly, not only in the sequels, but also the Jedi Fallen Order game, which is made under Disney's, that has the second sister in it. Was almost the exact same story. Uh-oh. Has a scary mask and a scary voice, and at one point pulls it off and is just a nice looking lady under there who used to be a Padawan 
and is now going around hunting the Jedi because she's mad that her master betrayed her to gotcha. Order 66. But it's a very similar story. So, I mean, part of the problem might be just knowing too much about Star Wars. Maybe. I think it's it's the this is sort of Disney's fault. They they telegraphed it really poorly for this one. She is never too menacing because we know she like we find out, but eventually we know that she turns good. Mm-hmm. And so I think they knew that going into it, and so didn't want to dive too deep into the dark side to make it too hard to believe that she comes back. But I'm with you. I mean, the story of the character is really neat. Yes, you have a youngling who managed to survive order 66 like directly mm-hmm. at the hands of darth vader who used to be anakin who she would see as anakin and then is like run through uses the new power that everyone seems to have we'll call it the darth maul power <laughs> you know if you're mad enough yep. you won't die right <laughs> um okay uh <laughs> And manages to survive and then is seeking out vengeance. I'm going to go get Anakin Skywalker and take him down. There you go. That's fine. Now, they never... Did they ever... Did I miss it? Did they ever explain how Reva knew that Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader were the same person? It seems like she had a... There was. It was explained how she knew that that was Anakin. I don't remember. But it, I can't remember exactly how it came. I don't remember being explained... She only like um, she knows his face because they show the flashback where she's a youngling. Yeah, and Anakin yeah. is the one coming in there, right? Wrecking we, house. Yeah, we saw that happen. So that's, I mean, traumatic. You're going to remember that face, and maybe she figured out the name to that face, or knew because Anakin was around the Jedi Temple well, while she was a youngling. This isn't a big hangup for me. I just don't know if they didn't show it because when he went in there, he'd already been dubbed Darth Vader, right? So the 501st guys that were with him mm-hmm. were already calling him Lord Vader probably. Oh, there you go. She could have overheard that somehow, you know, when she's lying there, dying or whatever. One of the Possible. guys one of the guys could have said, you know, Lord Vader, blah 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 <laughs> and then put two and two together later. That's fine. I'm just gonna have to go back and watch it again. I just don't remember them ever like doing that. So I don't know if that was something that was left on the cutting room floor or what, but Oh, but I mean we keep saying Anakin, we keep saying Vader. It's so good to see Hayden Christensen back in these parts. It's so awesome. Well, we'll get to him later. He's you're getting out of order I in am. episodes. <laughs> Scott Scott came and and wrote his all, all his stuff. We always, in you always do order. it by episodes. So we're doing an episode <laughs> now. The last fun fact I have: uh, Lola the droid, yes, yeah. named after a childhood bird from Carrie Fisher. Oh, nice childhood a, pet bird. That's a nice of little Carrie tidbit. Fisher's. Yeah, well, yeah, since we're talking about Carrie Fisher, let's talk about little baby Princess Leia here. Little Leia. Who does show up in this episode. Who's uh, the actress name? I forget it. She's got like three names. Vivian Lyra Blair. Stole the show. Yep. I, I 100% agree. The only problem I have with her is she comes across more like 6'7", not 9'10". Yeah. Yeah. The little, little, but But you know what, though? Carrie Fisher was a small lady. True. I thought I genuinely believed yeah. her. That was Princess Leia. Yeah. Yeah. And amazing, very, amazing child performance. Amazing. Absolutely. I, I love the part where she dresses down her cousin. <laughs> I know, right? It's really you that's afraid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's that Jedi insight that she has that she's able to gleam all of this mm-hmm. at the age of 10. Force sensitivity. She's not a Jedi. I mean, I this was one of the highlights of this show to me. Alderaan. I love Jimmy Smith's. Yep. Always have in everything that he does. As Bail Organa. Uh, as Bail Organa. 
Simone Kessel's great as Queen Organa. Yes. Kessel, did she make the Kessel run? Oh, How maybe. Fast? I don't <laughs> think it's the same Kessel run. <laughs> no, I loved seeing Alderaan. I mean, that's the thing. We only saw Alderaan get blown up. That's it. And then, right. And then we... We know they're peaceful and they have no weapons. Right. And we see it in um, animation and we get to see it a tiny little bit at the end of episode three, right? I think so. But I think as far as live action, this is like the most time we've ever spent on Alderaan. Absolutely. And I loved every minute of it. I thought it was great. Even the goofy flea and the the flea broken up from the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> with some other weird band. Yeah, flea was with a different band, wasn't he? Chasing, uh, chasing Baby Leia, Silly Lee. Or have you guys seen the? <laughs> have you guys seen them people sp- speed that scene up where they're chasing Leia around and they put the Benny Hill music behind it? <laughs> no, I've not seen that. Yeah. This is where overall a lot of the show is just part of the show is just uneven to me. I guess this is where I'm coming from with like the gummy bears that are little hard rocks in there. Is like I'm sitting there going, oh, this is good ice cream. And then I'm like, I think I just broke a tooth. You know, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Reva, Reva broke your tooth. So sometimes, but then sometimes it was fine. And then this is the same thing too. I'm like, oh, I really like Alderaan a lot. And then it's like. She has tiny little legs. Why can't you catch her? And one of the guys like literally hits his head on a branch. That's when I'm like, is this Hercules right now? Because that was like a Hercules type scene. I get it. He didn't like running through the through the woods. It was the way it was done. I don't understand. Deborah Chow does like such good action stuff. And then it's like, again, is this Disney influence? This is, we can't make it too scary. I do not believe that because this is the same TV show that will later torture a child. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So I don't know. It's just so, so no, I don't think it's that. But I'm saying that's uneven. That's the unevenness we're seeing. It could be. Yeah. I think it's trying to hit because that's something Star Wars has always done. It's had its moments of levity that do work. Like, well, that didn't work. It, not for this one, maybe not. Because she's you. being chased. Yeah, I get it, but and then one of the guys gets shot. One of the guards gets shot. It's like it's not happy fun times right now. But in like in like the original trilogy, they're cracking jokes while they're almost about to die in a trash compactor. Yeah, but they're also not little children. Fair enough. They're a perfectly capable scoundrel. And I think they're trying to. Maybe they didn't do it as well as they could have, but I think they're trying to honor that sort of balance. Yeah, that, well, a little bit of both. I agree. Kevin, put your glasses up. Let's move on. <laughs> they missed it. Uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much what happens in the first episode. Is a pretty bang on setup. Yep. Other than the. I wish this lady was scarier. I was still giving it a chance. You know, this was the first indenture of Reva. We don't know what's going to go on from here. But the second episode came out at the same time, right? They dropped the first two at once. That's it. So we were able to watch it right away. Yeah, I think the first two did come out. And I will tell you, one of my uh, favorite fun facts, Easter eggs, I read about after the fact, Ewan McGregor's daughter shows up oh, in episode two. It's near okay. the beginning. Yep. And she is the drug dealer who tries to sell him death sticks oh, to the old man. I didn't realize that was his daughter. Yeah. And if you go back and watch that scene with that knowledge, yep. it plays completely differently. I believe it. Because at one point, she looks at him and says, yeah, I was somebody's daughter once too. Oh. You know, and it's the way the lines are written when you know that yep. that's his actual daughter. <laughs> it's it. got, a, got a second double meaning to it. I know Kevin's probably not going to rewatch it. But <laughs> um, Daewoo, I like Daewoo. Daewoo's great. Daewoo, I don't. I, that may be a that may be some kind of a car. I think <laughs> it was Day, Daewoo. What was the no, name of this planet? It was an old brand. Well, it was an old brand of cars. Daewoo, right? Yeah. I think yeah. is that the planet <laughs> yeah. we went to. The planet is Daewoo. Daewoo. Yeah, close. It's like enough. an 
Hong Kong underworld look alike. Like Kevin was happy to say we get to see more Alderaan. I'm glad we're getting, I made this complaint earlier on uh, on previous episodes of the podcast, but this is non-desert Star Wars. So Please, can we leave Tatooine That's it. for give once? Me, give yeah. me all of it, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah, and Bail Organa makes him leave Tatooine. That's it. Highlight. He's been kidnapped. You have to come off the planet. <laughs> Highlight of this episode for me, though, is Haja, the, the Jedi con yeah, man. Khalil Khalil Nanjani. He's one of the oh, best. Oh, Kamel. Sorry about Eternals. Sorry. We're glad to see you here. He was a shining part of Eternals. Yeah, he was. He was He's a shining part of anything he does. He's great. He's one of the indoor kids. He's, he's one of us. He's one of us, but he's perfect in this because, like, he plays Jedi so well, but it's also, oh, you're kind of fake Jedi, and I love it. Totally a fake Jedi. Oh, yeah, Not totally even kind a fake, of Jedi. fake Jedi. Yeah. But the cool thing about this, I don't know who came up with this or who put this in, but this is, like, establishing that where Han Solo would get the idea that it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. There you go. It's just a bunch of, like, tricks and... Parlor tricks. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. Magnets. Because I could see Han Solo running around that area of that planet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Running into sure. that guy at some Sleazy point. Sleazy underworld. Yeah. But serious Hong Kong vibes there. I loved it. <laughs> but this is where little Leia shines for me because like now she, they, it's, it's building on the relationship between her and Kenobi now because Kenobi's trying to get her right. out and rescue her and get her away. And she's like, are you really a Jedi? Show me some powers. Make me float. Like, That's right. Like sticking up and being a little bit stubborn, but being a little bit princessy. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. I also loved the uh, Clone War veteran begging for change. That was great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Good little... to be Morrison out there again. There you go. Was it, was it really him? I think it was. Was that Timu? Yeah, I think it was. A um, cameo. That whole fight scene as he's coming in to, I guess, get to her cell. Obi-Wan has always said he's got that real passive taekwondo kind of mm-hmm. kind of fighting style mm-hmm. and it was totally on display mm-hmm. as all those you know the kidnappers are coming after him and everybody's coming after him it's all redirection and sidestepping and using their own momentum against them you know again i thought it was a really really great example of what an obi-wan fight's supposed to look like true because he's the passive defensive defensive yeah. kind of fighter uh and absolutely kills him like aikido Excuse me. kicks their <laughs> doesn't kill but yeah you know Takes I mean. him out. Takes him out. Like Aikido. Is this a good time to come up with my little uh, issue? Of Go how Because those kidnappers were hired by somebody. <laughs> why, did, why did she hire them? Re- to, to kidnap who? Yeah, Reva apparently hired the kidnappers to kidnap Princess Leia mm-hmm. to draw out Obi-Wan because she knew that he's the one who dropped the girl off at all in Alderaan somehow. She found some records in the archives. That's what she told the other inquisitors when they said, why did you kidnap this senator's kid? And she says, I found a connection between them in the archives, and then they drop it. We don't know what, yeah, you don't know what the connection is. I mean, listen, the inquisitors really don't have a problem with kidnapping. They just want to understand, you know, hey, that's a legit question. I, I <laughs> Especially don't, if you're at that moral place. I don't understand how she knew that would draw Obi-Wan out. If the connection was that specific, you think it would be very bad for Obi-Wan? And bad for Princess Leia. Yep. And would lead to Darth Vader sniffing down that rabbit hole at some point. Yeah. How does she know about it? And not Darth yeah, Vader. I which isn't, or the Emperor or anybody else. It doesn't seem like that information should, those connections should be made easily. She should only know what we know that they served together in the Clone Wars. If you see the animated series, yep. they did some missions together, but he did missions with tons of other people. I don't know if she's going around kidnapping everybody's kid. I think that if you really wanted to draw a guy like Obi-Wan out, 
You find out where Dexter Jester is <laughs> from the diner. The yeah. six-arm guy? Yeah, the six-arm guy. I think you kidnap his kid. I think that would be a better shot. Of what if he doesn't have a kid? Well, that I know. Well, you kidnapped him. It would be a better... I don't even know if Dexter's still alive. I know, but it's it, it it's just a strange leap to me. And I, I think it was... Okay, I... I think it was wholly unnecessary. I think it, it, you easily could have... You easily could have had, had everything still happen without her having to be behind it. Because there's no reason for it to be. This none. is this is a prominent senator, right? And this is a prominent Jedi. Okay. They had an established relationship. Mm-hmm. It's established in canon, and I would imagine it's well documented. This relationship between Obi Wan and Bail Organa, but also Bail Organa has is like the king of Alderaan, basically, mm-hmm. and has like all the resources of that very wealthy planet. And tons of money to send people out after him. Like, why would you immediately think Obi Wan would be involved? It doesn't make it. That's a leap that I can't take. I don't think she should have even. I don't even think she should have been involved. You can easily, like, there's tons of reasons to kidnap a rich kid is for the ransom. Oh, for sure. Well, but this sets up Reva as the calculating schemer. Yeah, but I don't sets her up as the plotter, as the. That's nice, but I don't. I don't. You don't buy it. I didn't buy it at all. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. You could everything could have happened the way it happened, and she just could have caught wind because they had to get Anakin off the planet, right? True. The kidnapping. So are you are you rewriting it right now? And if it were rewritten for Kevin's mind canon, it's very minor. It's a very minor rewrite. I get you need to get him off off Tatooine, and and the kidnapping of Princess Leia is a great way to do it. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Kidnappers kidnapping a rich kid makes perfect sense. Yeah. Reva being behind it makes no sense to me because I don't think she would know that would lead to Obi-Wan coming out. It might just lead to tons of like bounty hunters uh, and tons of just, you know, the security forces of Alderaan. It, it would just be the freaking red herring. And then she has to like explain like, why is the senator from Alderaan really upset right now? And you did it? I don't understand. For why? Because I, I think it would draw Obi-Wan out and they'd be like, why would it? Because if it didn't, it's such a weird leap. It's a, it's a leap of logic that only makes sense to the people watching it because they know of the connection. And so she has knowledge that the viewer has that she should not have. And you could have That's that's quite a leap. You could that's have, quite a leap. You could have easily you could have easily wiped it out by just the fact that he left Tatooine. He could have been spotted. They had just been on Tatooine. They could have had spies there. They showed his little lightsaber flapping. I thought when they showed his lightsaber flapping, it would be a giveaway. I thought that was yeah. A, it seems I, like if you were a Jedi hiding, you you keep that thing on an inside I, pocket. I, I thought that would be the oh no moment, and she gets tipped off because he got, he he got a little sloppy in his rush to save Princess Leia, and she gets tipped off, and then she is like, oh. Obi-Wan's out, and then after that kid, that kid's important. I better go get that kid. There you go. And then everything happens the exact same way that happened before. Then you just can't believe that Reva would was, make that connection, exactly. make that gamble, exactly. and have it pay off. Exactly. And all you have to change is the fact that they were just kidnapping her for the ransom money, and Reva caught wind that Obi-Wan is out and about and running around because they Empire has eyes everywhere. It's that simple. There you go. And then why, why does it matter? The end. The end. <laughs> Episode over. It is lazy. They're playing off what the audience knows. And what they set up for the audience is that Obi-Wan is the protector of Leia and Luke in the background. Yeah, he's right. hiding out in the desert. He's standing under wraps, but he is sort of their charge. Mm-hmm. 
and they never say specifically what the connection that Reva finds in the archive is. It's just she finds a connection. Right. Whether that's just uh, Organa and Obi-Wan being work buddies, or it could be that there was an adoption that happened, and now Organa is in charge of these two wayward kids that came from Obi-Wan. She could know that. They'd never really explicitly say it. And you can just play off the audience and say, oh, we know that you know that who these kids are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's lazy, but it, it's just no, too no. loose of a Kevin, connection. Kevin, what if she just used the Force? Okay. She, she used the Force, man. Okay. She's got the Force, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she used the Force. She used the Force. Okay. That's fine. I That's just, how the Force works. It just didn't make any sense. Uh, he's so upset about it, he can't even joke about it. It's lazy. I mean, I'm. I'm I dis- I don't disagree with Kevin. They I were. Th- they were give, creating agency. Not agency. That's not the right word. They were creating a motivation for Riva to be the instigator of the plot, not a reactionary to the plot. Yeah. So she becomes the driver, the manipulator, the behind the scenes following a hunch kind of a, a Jedi hunter to draw out Obi-Wan. So she played on a hunch. But the fact that she knows that it will draw out Obi-Wan is the disconnect, because how could she know that? That's that's where mm-hmm. the problem yeah. is. Because she know, the, the connection is strong between Bale and Obi-Wan. It could be well documented that, and how, how many strong <laughs> connections does Obi-Wan really have? Uh, she could find, she okay, so there's let's say there's 25. Five of them have kids that she could kidnap. Maybe she looked at all of those options. There you go. And maybe, maybe they're just telling us the story of the, maybe she did go out and kidnap. Maybe there's ten other kids that are waiting in cells. <laughs> this is the one that worked. <laughs> okay. I mean, she is going after Obi Wan every single episode, and she only kind of gets him every once in a while. So maybe yeah. it is just a development of this is the thing that finally clicked. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> nope. Not buying it, are you? I still don't like it, but whatever. Part of my problem you- is too with a lot of stuff lately is I've I've been ruined. By the really, if you say Stranger Things. I'm gonna smack you. Yeah, and just all the really good stuff on streaming. There's so much good stuff out there with that's so tight that works so well together that that to me there's almost no excuse for lazy stuff anymore. Well, like that's why I keep saying it's like Xena and Hercules. That stuff was so like because reasons and you know it's like oh great there's people kicking each other's butt and like oh yeah you know oh look how muscular that is and oh she looks pretty good in that little leather skirt. Woohoo. Uh, no, this no, show's wait, wait, great. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You know? I would grant you that the chase scene through the forest that that wasn't its best moment. Mm-hmm. But to say it's lazy writing, I no, I don't I don't think it is because you're writing in a scenario that has existed for 40 years. And I think because we are writing a prequel to one of the most iconic movies of all time, I think you can get hung up in the minutia of, oh, well, why would Leia say that in the recording in R2 that was made 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. I am willing to give them some okay. creative leniency okay. and... The, I got you, but I, I'm I'm an avid watcher of Better Call Saul, which is a prequel. But but to a it's so much easier to work within a world that you're creating everything around. Yeah, these writers are having to go into a framework that already exists and cut out a puzzle piece to fit into it. Is it a perfect fit? Apparently not for you. <laughs> not for me. No. <laughs> for the Kevin puzzle, this piece did not fit. No. Anyway, let's move on. Moving on, episode three. Speaking of new pieces, this is episode three is where we get Tala, correct? Oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Sand snakes. Yes. 
great. Indira Varma as Tala. Yes. What's funny is I, I did know her from Game of Thrones, but when I immediately recognized her, she's in two episodes of Bones, the old... Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's an old serial show. Yeah, yeah, She was in two episodes of that, and I was like, oh, it's her, but... David Boreanaz yeah, and um, the De Chanel who's not Emily uh, De Emily Chanel. Chanel. Yeah. Great show, great character. Uh, they go to the UK for two episodes and she's the British officer. But she shows up again as the undercover agent that helps Obi-Wan out. Uh, one of the, there's so many little bit part characters like Flea, like Kumail Nanjiani. I right. think Tala is probably my favorite. So. Oh, great, great character. Yeah. Yeah. Another highlight for me. This is more ice cream in between my gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> Gummy bears were a bad um, choice. This episode, I think, this was the episode where I really stopped down and just that little girl stole that that scene in the back of the truck. Oh yeah, pretending mm-hmm. to be um, their, their and, uncle and and let's niece. let's talk about that scene because it's one of my favorite scenes in all in all six episodes. Okay. of their personal connection and yeah. their story arc as two characters, and there was one line that just absolutely bumped me out of it, took me out of it, and just really hit me sideways. Which was? Leia looks up at at, at Obi-Wan and she says, are you my father? Mm-hmm. You remember what he says? I wish I was your father. Mm-hmm. Record scratch. What? <laughs> they, they've been... Huh? They've been... They, they're part... They're, they're, is that... They're is, fans of that theory where you watch the prequels. Right, <laughs> right. That that Obi-Wan and Padme have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Or was that just... Obi-Wan trying to comfort a scared little girl in a very traumatic situation. Part of it's that. Here's my justification for it just off the top of the dome is that uh, from the prequels, we do know that Obi-Wan, Anakin was his brother. They are family. They are one and the same. Anakin is Obi-Wan's biggest failure. So he knows that Anakin should have been the father to Leia that... He is not. So it's almost like, it, yes, it's I wish I were your father, but or I wish I had saved your father and you had a proper father. But again, loose justification. Or did he want to shack up with Padme? <laughs> yeah. It is Natalie Portman. Come on. It is. Who didn't? Even Obi-Wan had a secret Jedi relationship that he shouldn't have had. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, Princess Satine. Mm-hmm. The other part of this episode I really love. We get Alpha peak villain Vader. Oh, for sure. As he's walking down the city streets, just creating fear and awe and snapping the necks of little children while they're floating in the air. This was really that alpha villain that Vader is known to be, living up to the legend right here. That's what Kevin said earlier. He's notorious. That's why it makes Reva look even worse. Right. Make the make the poor lady look scary. We did get our first Ben versus Vader fight here, sort of, um, and it's mostly More mostly Obi Wan running away. Yeah, I thought it was a real a uh, great moment when he grabs Obi Wan and drags him through the coals, through the mm-hmm. thing, through the fire. But here's my question about this fight. Yeah, so he's dragging him through the fire, and then he uses the force and he puts the fire out. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and then some stuff happens, and then uh, Tala shoots the thing. Tala shoots the thing. Makes the flames sense. go back up. And then he can't put it out that time. Why can't Vader put the flames out that time? That's because it's lazy writing, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reason. I had a problem with the way this fight ended. It's the same reason why when they can walk around the laser gate clearly. but they, Oh, it's big hails on either side, man. <laughs> they, were <that> big. <laughs> they were that big at all. 
Yeah, it's like, there's yeah. You seem like you could have force jumped over that laser gate. Well, he didn't have his powers yet. Oh, that's true. He wasn't fully connected. He was only minorly connected. Right. Yeah, it's like, there's a lot of stuff. That's one of the things. The other thing a lot of people talked about that I agree with is that in the last episode, it took Reva like 10 years to get across the the city. Yeah. She was parkouring everywhere like like a yeah, and and she could like he was like five buildings over. <laughs> she could see it. Force, force <laughs> jump. <laughs> it, I don't know. It, it's that that's the thing. You're sitting there going, "What is going on with some some of the decisions that are made in this?" Like that, you're like, uh, I don't know. It seemed rushed. Maybe was this a pandemic affected thing? I, I mean, think they only had six episodes, so they're just trying to cram in all the things they could. Here comes my, Mikey's nitpick, my two cents of, of the thing I had a problem with for Obi-Wan. And it kind of speaks to your point of why the fire came back and they made it more suspenseful and Darth Vader couldn't put it out this time. They're playing super ominous music every time Obi-Wan and Darth Vader have a confrontation. I couldn't, the, the fights were cool to look at. It was cool to see all the lightsaber skills, especially Obi-Wan doing his over the head thing and Darth Vader's doing his one handed, like underhanded swings, you know. We know how these characters end up. We know that it ends up in the original trilogy. Sure. There's no suspense here. You can have them have conflict every episode. I'm never going to buy into it because it's like neither one's going to die. Neither one's. So you're that is the inherent problem with a prequel, though. When you go to watch a prequel, now it, this is that's what it, you're signing up for. Exactly. But this is the gap between we've already gotten the prequels, which was, has great fights. Okay, scenes. but this is a prequel to. There's just there's no there's no commitment to it because there's no real for for as ominous as the music is there's real no sense of danger because I know they both live and that was a real problem for me it's cool to look at but I was never like oh I wonder what's gonna happen it's like I know what happens you, you would say the same thing about the other prequels again I, I I'm yeah yeah so by that point would you are you saying that you can't buy into the stakes for any you Anything can, that pre-exists. Uh, you, you can buy into the prequels and in that you don't really know how Anakin's going to become Darth Vader and the way it plays out is very tragic. Right. There's a confrontation at the last episode between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in this series that is more tragic than I expected because half his mask comes off and you actually get to see Hayden under there and it's a very touching scene. But as far as like who's going to best the other one, I know Obi-Wan dies years from now and it's not going to happen right here, so... There's no danger. Like I, 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 I had trouble investing in it. That was my two cents. Oh, really? Really? I, Interesting. I feel so bad for you because yeah. huh? well, I was totally invested. It's the how. It's the how we get there. It's the psychological impact that of of everything you're going through when you get to that point that you already know about. Fair enough. And it's the it's the journey, Mikey. <laughs> how does the character get to that spot? Mm. And now we know more about how they got there. Yeah, but Darth Vader in this series shows up exactly like Darth Vader looked in the original trilogy. Sure. So there's no Static prog- character. He did not develop at all in this one. So there's no, like, that's that's what I'm saying. No progress, so no no suspension of disbelief on this one. For wow. Me. My two cents. I'm disagreeing with him on that. <laughs> really? There's something. Yeah, that's not. That's, are, are we together on this? Yeah, that's not a hard gummy bear for me. Go for it. But let me, let, let's, let's talk that's about. A chocolate chip. Let's talk about something else that I think was neat that was added to canon. At least for me, it was added to canon. I don't know if this is this book, but the please say the, Quinlan Voss, please say Quinlan Voss. <laughs> the we learn about kind of we learn about the path, which right? Is kind of the Jedi Underground Railroad, if you 
for lack if you of will. a better way to say it. That was it. awesome. That was a great reference. You know, um, by Ice Cube <clears throat> Jr. That all that there's this. Is that really Ice Cube's kid? Yes. No kidding. No kidding. Real talk. This is this is this no. is why I come to these things. But not everyone just straight turned on the Jedi. There were people who were sympathizers and are getting them to safety and. Obi-Wan finds out about it and he finds this room where all these Jedi have been marking I was here and one of them was Quinlan Voss. That's it. And he even it isn't just it's more than an easter egg. They he mentions it. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, yes. so which is interesting and maybe we'll get neat stuff in the future. Because Quinlan's he's made appearances in multiple other mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I know he was in um Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned yeah, yeah, the yeah. name. Yeah. And then there, uh, he's apparently, I learned this reading up on this. He's in the, Quinlan Voss is in the background of episode one. Right. And as the legend goes, they're like, hey, this interesting looking guy, let's make a story about him where he's a Jedi. Correct. So, yeah, the reference to Quinlan Voss, they're bringing him into uh, further into the canon. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Maybe we'll get to see him in season two if they do a season two. I'm putting a gold stripe across my face. <laughs> That was a neat addition to canon, the the path. Right. And then, like, this is another thing where, like, somehow, <laughs> somehow Reva just got into the path network because reasons, because she had to catch <laughs> okay, Leia. Okay, that is the force. Uh-huh. She walked around that little room with the droid, and, you know, she you she used the force to tell because she, yeah, that was totally the force, man. Yeah, but how'd she get to the end of the tunnel? All right. Now, the second time I rewatched it, I was like, how did she get on the other yeah, side of her? Because it's a I'm linear saying. tunnel. Yeah. Or is it not a linear tunnel? <laughs> I don't know, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. Is there another way? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking because, about. Because, yeah, that was a little confusing when that yeah. happened. I did have to. That was a because reasons moment. <laughs> that was that was a continuity error. Yeah. yeah. How did she get on the other side of Leah? Exactly. That was whatever. Yeah. Again, lazy. She does uh, stab the Inquisitor in the stomach. Oh, yeah. That happened a, a while back, right? That happened in episode three, doesn't it? Well, whatever. Whenever it happens and everyone got angry, everyone got a- It's It's kind of like opposite Mikey. Like, you, you're like, I'm sitting there going like, well, no, he, we know he's dead, not dead because we get to see him later in Rebels. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, I'm like, I, right. know I know he's not dead. But the internet was like, hey, you killed a character who's not dead. And they got all angry. And I'm like, right. I'm like, no, he's not dead. Which <laughs> this will lead me to, I think, my biggest epiphany of all of Star Wars People, when are we going to learn a gut shot doesn't kill anybody in this universe? <laughs> no, right. All right. It didn't kill Reva. It didn't kill the Grand Inquisitor. Darth what Maul. that broad from Bubba Fett. It didn't kill Darth Maul. Didn't kill Fennec Shand. One exception to this rule Qui Gon. Qui Gon, yeah. Qui Gon got stabbed in the gut mm-hmm. and actually died. Mm-hmm. No other time in all of Star Wars. <laughs> People get hit in the gut all the time, they don't die. As far as like the lightsaber running through, there is a little bit of logic in my brain. You can dispute this if you want. I have no real hard qualms about it, but it's a lightsaber. So one would argue that it cauterizes, cauterizes it does. everything. Always. Yep. So you're not going to bleed out. Except for that first time where Obi-Wan uses it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's arm is bleeding, but whatever. But for the rest of it, I could totally see like getting stabbed in the stomach with a lightsaber. You're going to have a toasty hole, but it's going to be sealed up. So yeah. you're good for 12 hours. I don't know. Yeah. People, when are we going to learn? <laughs> you can't leave somebody for dead with a gut shot. Exactly. Unless you see their eyes roll back all Hollywood style and actual on-screen right. camera death. Then you know for sure. But even even not then. <laughs> Anything else on episode three? All right. Let's jump into episode four because episode four, I think, one of my least favorite episodes in all of it. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
the whole yeah i said earlier the child torture thing it didn't sit right with me. I didn't like that scene. I get it. That, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, I'm that person that disclaimer is some people are uncomfortable because I, I didn't care for that. In fact, I, I read a thing. More people turned off Obi-Wan yep. because we now have out. streaming metrics around that scene. Okay. Or, and there's two different scenes around those scenes than any other time in Disney history. Yeah, and it, then it made it worse that it's like this nice looking lady. I know. It seemed like I'm with you. It seemed like weird grooming or whatever. I yes. Mean, when it's because when it's a when it's like a monster, when it's like um it it has basically child torture in it, basically. Sure. Um, oh, that's but, a good point. Yeah, but, that didn't bother me the but, way this did. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm telling you that it bothered me too, and that's why. It is like this monstrous clown. And that's what a monstrous clown does. But Sorry, Moses Ingram. You're you're a pretty lady. You're a beautiful lady. You you just seem like a. It just seemed like like a mean parent, mean babysitter. It just seemed like like it was child abuse. Yeah. It seemed like domestic abuse. I get it. It yep. didn't seem like oh, there's a monster. It's it's not like the boogeyman in the closet, the monster under the bed. It's you. like some lady being really mean to a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. that's again creepy mask on. You would have been like, oh. Now it's a monster doing yeah. this. All right. I didn't think about the monster point no, of view, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I got to harp on it one more time, but you're getting upset by stakes that would never happen. We know Princess Leia grows up. She doesn't grow <laughs> up disfigured. She's not missing a hand. She's not missing an eyeball. We know nothing happens to Leia. Nothing's going to happen. You can get robot hands that look just like regular hands, Mikey. Yeah, that's no, true. You don't know that. Nothing's going to happen to Leia. So I get that it's a creepy scene, and I uh, absolutely, child torture, don't need it in a show, absolutely could have done without it. But I know what happens to Leia, so I had no, there was no doubt, there was no worry in my mind. It's like, oh no, what's going to happen? It's like, I know what happens. It's but, not so much of a know what happens, it's a having to see what How did we get happen. there? The journey. How did you get to that end point? You're not getting to anything. Nothing happens so to So why it. did you even go see the prequels? <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew how it was going to end. This is coming out after I had seen the early part. If you told me this in chronological order and I didn't know where Leia ends up, yes, then I'd be invested. But then but you'd I've be seen, deprived of one of the greatest reveals in cinematic history. I've seen adult Leia, and now you're showing me kid Leia and trying to tell me she's in danger. I know she isn't. Obi-Wan's going to help her out in the 70s. That's it didn't mean anything to you when in episode two she's fallen from the, from the roof and Obi-Wan finally breaks... His his whatever on the force, and he reaches out and grabs her and keeps her from dying. What was going to happen to her? That moment meant nothing to you? It didn't. Okay, what about from Obi-Wan's point of view? He makes a decision at that point that he is going to, you know, go back to being a Jedi. Very touching. And he is going to re-embrace the... The force. That the was, force. That was, that was the touching part of the scene. But, like, for me, worrying what's going to happen to Leia, not even a factor. Because I know what happens to Leia. Guess what? Nothing. <laughs> God, but it's it's otherwise she doesn't get the plans in the original trilogy and start that whole thing. Wow. <laughs> guess guess who I'm never going on a road trip on. If the journey doesn't matter, not a road trip, buddy. Don't tell me the ending first. That's all I'm saying. I'll, the, I'll, OK, Mikey, the next time I go on a road trip, the ending is going to be like Austin. But like, I guess we're just we're not going to drive because he wants to fly. You're going to fly down there, aren't you? Yeah. But if you fly me to California and then we get to Austin, I'll be surprised. I didn't know that was going to happen. Are you <laughs> telling me you're going somewhere different? <laughs> if you tell me, if, <laughs> what does it matter? You end, in, you end up in Austin. What does it matter? If you invite me to a trip to Austin, we end up in Mexico. I'm going to be blown. My mind's going to be blown. It's going to be great. All right, well, we're going to do that. Oh my gosh! Wow, I can't believe you're so jaded. 
by. It's not jaded. It's just it, they're trying to build up stakes that it's hard to build up because as an audience, as Star Wars fans, unless this is your first ever Star Wars show, you already know the outcome. And I had, I did, I guess this is me, but I really had a hard time not right, being I'm gonna aware go, of it. I'm going to put my, my brain into prequel mode and find some other prequels with great stakes. That's fine. Yeah. Even like, though you know how they end. But we we do get new stuff in this episode, like the Jedi vault that they've been keeping Jedis in, like sealed. All in. right, are those those dudes aren't dead, right? That was my takeaway. Why else are you keeping them down there like that? It, is seem, it does seem sort of carbonite-ish. Yeah, I don't know. But it wasn't carbonite. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Super creepy. Yeah. But that's something new. That's something that's like, ooh, where does that story lead? But it, the fortress is in the in the cartoon, isn't it? Fortress Inquisitorious, um, whatever it's called. I think so, maybe. Uh, yeah. That whole, this episode was... It was, uh, like I said, my uh, least favorite episode. And, the, and what, the, what the, they, what the, when they had lay under the trench coat. Was the Muppet face. Man? What the hell? Do you remember the Muppet Show and they would do Muppet Man? It was like four Muppets stacked on top of each other. Oh, I was wow. like, oh, they're doing Muppet Man. That was like the dumbest yeah. thing. All right. I mean, that, I, I, I cannot defend that. No. Cheap writing. I understand maybe getting by stormtroopers because they can't see very well, but they're walking past officers and stuff. That I can't argue. Like that's yeah. that was poor writing. I agree. That was a really poor creative choice. Yeah, it really, was, it was again. Really I was, it was ridiculous, like Muppet Man. Yeah, it was. It was the goofiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a. Uh, have you ever seen that YouTube channel pitch meeting? Things Ryan George does it, <laughs> where he like kind of like. He basically plays two, like an executive and like a guy pitching thing. And they do a pitch meeting for this. (laughs) And during, he talks about this scene. Well, he talks about the the chase scene in the forest and then this scene. And he's like, the executive's like, is this a cartoon? He's like, sometimes it is. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on to episode five then. Yeah. This is where they're in lockdown in the the path uh, fortress, the path Mm -hmm. hideout. Mm Mm-hmm. And this it. is when we really got into the flashbacks of real life Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan, and they're sparring. Yeah, that was great. That was great. that was awesome. Great motivation. Great playing mm-hmm. out of who's going to come after who, and it makes. I mean, sense but we know how it's going to end, so I guess it doesn't really matter. No, we do know how it's going to end, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> but it was still great. It was part of the build, and it that build makes that final scene that much more poignant because now you've got this drama of you have another did step in Anakin's it, Did fall. you watch any of the Clone Wars cartoons or Rebels or anything? I've seen uh, majority Clone Wars, not so much Rebels. Was the difference Likewise. was the difference because it introduced other characters that you didn't know what was going to happen to them? Is that what it was? New is characters just, helps. Is there just too many of the same characters? Like, <laughs> should someone else have been kidnapped? Should this have been Dexter Jester's kid that was kidnapped so you didn't know what was going to happen to him? Maybe. And I, I really didn't know this. Because <laughs> you don't know what happened to yeah. Dexter Jester. I really didn't know this was going to be such a heart-staking point, but the only like thing that bugs me about it is that like it's it is cool to see like Obi Wan does know that Anakin's coming after him and that, sure that like he's the motivation like he can get other people away because Anakin wants Obi Wan that that's new motivation and that's new sort of development for the characters but to make it seem like Obi Wan is in danger of being harmed by Darth Vader it would never factor for me because it's never gonna happen but he was harmed by Darth Vader. But he wasn't because he get, he gets killed by Darth Vader in the original trilogy, which I've already have knowledge of, and that's what's hard for me to get past. 
So to think that, like, what is Darth Vader going to do? It's like nothing because Obi-Wan lives to be an old man, becomes Alec Guinness, and then dies later. I just can't believe you (laughs) minimize the journey so much. I just I'm surprised that about you. It's hard to buy into that journey. I know the ending of it. It's a spoiler alert that I was already aware of. I don't know. Just me. I thought the whole and the way it sprinkled in the old the flashback to the mm-hmm. duel to mm-hmm. the sparring and oh. it sprinkled that in. Very mm-hmm. cool. And it and because it, it stayed very linear as <laughs> far as you got the first part of the fight, the second part of the fight, and the third part of the fight. Yep. I kind of want that fight all strung together. <laughs> any rate, you got to watch um, the supercut on YouTube and how how Anakin slowly gets more and more rage-driven during that fight. I thought that was just fantastic development. Hayden Christensen delivered, Mm -hmm. uh, which proves maybe George Lucas is not a great director. No, we knew that. (laughs) We knew that. He's always been good, though. And it is cool to hear, like, you know, some of uh, James Earl Jones' voice coming back. They do say it's Hayden Christensen actually in the suit, so Mm -hmm. that's cool. It's a nice blend of it, and that was awesome to see. Absolutely. I loved the uh, Vader-Riva fight. Because this is the episode where Reva... He should have cut her head off. <laughs> he sh- Okay, so number one, why didn't he cut her head off? I don't know. Number two, why would you choose that moment to attack Vader? Literally five seconds before that, he was using all of his effort to hold the ship in, which, great callback to Force Unleashed. Yep, yep, yep. But why didn't she attack him then? I thought the choice of her attacking when she did, that didn't make any mm-hmm. sense. But I love how he just absolutely toys with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It is never even close. Nope. No. But she keeps trying. And I do like the reveal of, like, you didn't think I knew it was you, youngling? Like, what are you trying to do? Right. Like, oh, snap. Yeah. Again, I, I I dug the fight where they were... He just played her completely. It was awesome. And this is where... It, this is the same episode where you get the shot of Darth Vader just pulling that shit back down, like mm-hmm, it's trying yep. to take off, and he's like, nope. You ain't yeah. force. And then he rips open the side oh, three different ways. Isn't Darth Vader's the man. Vader's so powerful. So um, great. Yeah, I, I just... That made absolutely no sense that either the Vader or the Grand Inquisitor, who's back, um, <laughs> would leave... Why? Leave, Got would, stabbed in the gut. But I know, but it makes no sense they would leave her there. I got you. It does, and I, I have that written down. Why would they leave her alive? I mean, the fact that they obviously didn't like destroy her mode of transport because she ends up going where Clearly she needs she went to, to go. Tatooine. I mean, I understand like just leaving someone on a planet if they can't get off. Straight them, yeah. But that didn't happen. That makes no sense. This guy, this guy was just r- randomly cracking people's necks walking down the street. Makes no sense. He'd be like, yeah. Stab in the gut. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. You know, this. <laughs> Although he kind of does that later when he just piles a bunch of rocks on Obi-Wan that walks away. Yeah. Sorry, jumping ahead. No, yeah, well, we talk, we'll talk about there. the big fight. It was good. The big fight. Can we talk about the big fight? That because fully doesn't matter because we know how it ends. I like the, I mean, like I said, uneven writing because 100% to get them, get them apart makes sense that he's like, I'm going to take this you know, escape pod yes. and go over here and he's going to follow me. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> the Inquisitor's like, we're not going to follow. No, we're totally following. We're following. Yeah, we're <laughs> doing that. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Which makes sense. That's Darth Vader all Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. That 100% makes sense. Yeah. And then we get to see an awesome fight. I thought it was an awesome fight. I know you didn't think it was matter. I thought it was neat because I read so much of the comics and stuff. Gotcha. This was like literally like comic pages come to life. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, uh, Super cool looking. We saw more, and I mentioned it earlier. Again, it's too soon to tell. We got to have some space, and I got to view it a couple of more times. But 
Man, this is a great lightsaber fight. It brought a lot of force skills. Yes, there's always been one or two kind of things, but mostly the fight scenes we have mm -hmm. are mostly saber-based. This was like half saber, half I'm going to force push everything, and the force played a factor as a weapon more than any other fight that I've seen before. And you get invested into it because it's elevating on the flashback you talked about where they're having the training montage. Mm -hmm. And you see that, like, oh, Anakin's aggression is a factor. Obi-Wan's defensiveness and, like, being the teacher and protector is a factor. Absolutely. You get to see that in their fighting style. Loved cool. it. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. Again, too soon to tell, but might might be my new favorite lightsaber fight. And then the, the part you were talking about where Obi-Wan knocks off the other side of his helmet. Yes. A mask that Ahsoka did the right side. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan got the left side. But you get to see it. It's, it's Hayden Christensen in there, mm -hmm. and they're doing some weird sort of vocal mashup between oh, him and Oh, yeah. my God. That was so creepy. It landed so right. I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. That's awful. And everything's lit by lightsabers. Like yes. Darth Vader's all red. Mm -hmm. Obi's all blue. And then, like, seemed like it was intentional, but there was a the moment right before Obi-Wan walks away, the lightsaber is off. And so, like, it's almost like the light goes out of his eyes. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I was like, ooh, cinematic. So good. Yes, absolutely. I thought the, I, I love the lighting. You're right. You, the lighting very, and they use the lightsabers as kind of the main only source of light yep. on this very dark planet. And he um, leaves them there because why? That's what. Because <laughs> that's what we do. Well, remember halfway through the fight, he, he, he does, and I, I love Vader does that. He puts his palm and he sends the force through the ground and opens up a big sinkhole and then throws a bunch of rocks on top of him. And then he's like, eh. That's probably good enough. But then Obi-Wan Obi comes back with his own flying rocks and he starts throwing them. It was unbelievable. So great. But he doesn't leave them there because reasons. He leaves them there because they have to meet again in the original <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so. Yep. But again, yeah, you've, there a is kind of a, team. come on, cut his head off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, I'm going to also say it could easily be fixed with a little bit, just one idea that I come up with sitting here by myself is that, there was a whole freaking Star Destroyer up there. There you go. Have freaking everybody start showing up. Now Obi-Wan has to beat feet. That's it. He might not want to, you know, he might be like, okay, now it's time to take you out, Darth. But here comes the whole 501st, you know, out of the Star Destroyer. And so Obi-Wan's like, I got to get out of here. See you later. I mean, it's easy. It's easily, easily done. But they didn't do it. He just walked away because I guess that was more dramatic. That That's his Jedi way because he is a Jedi and yeah. they don't. The good writing beat in this, though, is that he does, at least for Obi-Wan, for this series, we started off with him being traumatized by his failure of Anakin. He does get a little bit of resolution in that Anakin really is consumed by the Force and it really doesn't have to do with Obi-Wan or his failure. He's just like, I'm Sith now and mm -hmm. I will destroy you and anybody mm -hmm. that gets in my way. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, I, this can't be fixed. Mm. So that that last line. That's it. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. See, mm -hmm. that, that was a nice beat. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was good. Absolutely. And then everything goes crazy in the show because <laughs> I don't know. Reva didn't die, and is like, because oh, now Reva didn't die. Here's some other kid I and can. How kill. did she get to Tatooine? I don't know. And I was short on the link, and maybe I wanted to. I, I didn't get all the way through on my the last episode of my watch. How does she? How does she find out who Luke is? She found she found she found the hollow the hollow recorder where apparently Bale was like hi Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine outside of the yeah. Owen Lars estate. Come on, Bale, you got to be a little smarter than. Uh, <laughs> Here's all the secret information I'm not supposed <laughs> to tell anybody. I know you're looking over Luke Skywalker right now, son of Anakin Skywalker, sister to Leia. Yeah. Or <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know. And but also, I don't know. Like her, the jig is up on her. That's it. Right? Vader knows and defeated her, and she's like, ah, I guess I'll go kill this kid now. Why? Yeah, I didn't understand this tag of a plot eh, either. I don't understand. It didn't resolve much for me either. If she's Inquisitor, that means she is sort of Sith-like. She's corrupted Jedi, so it means this. I mean, guess go all out to you achieve your mission. So this is another last weird attempt at trying to get back at Vader, but it's very loose and doesn't really work. So I'm with yeah. you. It is, just, it is fitting that's how her character arc ends. It was nice to see Owen and Baru like fight. fight. You know, that was cool. Especially Baru. She's got she rivals was, like, and stuff stashed yeah. in the wall. Yeah. That Heck awesome. yeah. I mean, that was cool, but at the same time, I don't know why she was there. I don't know how to write a way around that, but mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, you. Uh, I don't know. It seems like they wanted to do stuff, and they were sandwiching Reva in to do stuff. Like, you know, we need to get Leia kidnapped, Reva. It's like, oh, we need to show the Lars can protect Luke, yes. Reva. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I, I don't see how why it couldn't. She could just be done, just done. You're done when she gets stabbed in the gut. Done, and if you want to have to be dead, if you want to bring her back, fine. Just but be, be done there, be done. You know, we don't need the final Obi Wan redemption tag. Yep. And then have the, them get Tuscan raided or something if you want to see him kick butt. There you and go. then Obi Wan comes back at the last save may, the day. You can Star Wars rhymes right. Have him like knocked out Luke. He gets him Tuscan Raiders. Like do that thing again. Basically, here Luke's missing because Tuscan Raiders and tie it back in because mm-hmm. that's how they re met. Yeah, I don't know. And he gets knocked out, so he doesn't. Yeah, know he gets what knocked out, it. so yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, so I don't know. You're it's halfway just, there. <laughs> they just seem to be like really wanting to just like this character needs to be involved. This character needs to be involved, and it didn't. One hundred percent feel that way. Yeah. The I one, agree with you on that. The one bit of fan service, though, is when Owen's like, you want to meet Luke? And he walks over and he's like, hello there. Hello there. I love it. Oh, yes. I smiled absolutely. so wide. Yeah. I, I, I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. That's, Who was it? Maybe it was somebody in our group showed us there. Somebody put all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put Alec Guinness. And then when he says hello there in episode one and when he says hello there in Obi-Wan. Yep. Shout out to Brad. I think that was him, but oh, I love I love it. Mm-hmm. And then we get what would be an after credit scene if this were Marvel. Yep. Of him moving house, moving from the cave, pro, uh, pro, I guess, to the house that we find him in. Mm-hmm. Right. And on the way, he runs into the Force Ghost of Qui Gon Jinn. Finally. Who apparently figured out how to do it eventually. Finally. Uh, okay. I have a different take on this. Tell me if I'm being crazy or not. Obi Wan is now mentally cleared of his Anakin trauma. Mm-hmm. And so now I think he has that connection established to the Force Ghost. It was not a failing on Qui-Gon's part. It was a blockage by Obi-Wan. Ooh, I didn't think Ooh, about it that way. That's a good one. Similar like how he had atrophy getting his Force back. Oh, he couldn't cut his wow. master because he's so worried about his Padawan. That's good, Mikey. So now that his Padawan situation is resolved and he didn't kill him, he can talk to his master. That's that, good. That's no, I, I like it. That makes incredible sense. It's too bad none of it matters because we know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, I, I agree. You're right. I think you are absolutely on point. And again, I, I think it's part of the journey. And and yeah, that's that's his resolution. I think you're right, Mikey, that that's the outward sign that he has reached that resolution and he is now back fully connected to the Force because he can commune with Qui-Gon. And that's, I think Qui-Gon makes a comment like it took you long enough or it... it Something like that. Finally time or something. So that was my reading of it, but super touching. No, I think think you're on point. I didn't even think about it that way, but you're absolutely right. And Liam Neeson, good to see him again. Yep. 
All our fan favorites coming back. We all need more Qui-Gon well, in our lives. I know how this journey ends. It ends in a pizza rating. Let's do it. Pizza <laughs> is here. Uh, for you, all of you who don't know, our pizza rating is our arbitrary, very loose rating system. It's based on a pizza pie. Eight slices of pizza, eight being the best, one being the worst. I don't even know if we've gotten that low. You mm-hmm. can add or subtract toppings. to. <laughs> sometimes we put apps. Sometimes we put desserts on there. It's the loosest system in the world. Put some gummy bears in your ice cream. Uh, you know, there are really no rules. But uh, anyway, we always uh, let the guests go first. What is your pizza rating? Scott? Well, listen, this is uh, this is a tough one. It is a tough one. However, still at eight slices for me. Still eight slices. Oh wow! It is pepperoni pizza and mushroom pizza, Ooh. where Riva is the mushroom. No, uh, I'm not a fan of mushrooms. As anyone who has ever eaten pizza with me, I can stomach them. Sure, I'll eat them, but dead gum. If they weren't there, it's, it would be a whole lot better. I get it. So eight slices. Pepperoni. Pepperoni mushroom. mushroom. I like it. All right. Mikey? Oh, this is a tough one because, like, it's Star Wars. It's ice cream. It's things we love, characters we know, filling in the gaps of the story that we all grew up with. So I can't really fault it too much. And we've already made way too many jokes about this, so I'm not going to harp on it too much more. But there are no stakes there. I, the journey's fun. It's interesting to watch. But it, it, the consequences don't hit, so the d- dramatic impact for me didn't hit as hard. So five slice, two topping, we'll say the pineapple and ham because it's weird for some people, but I kind of so like it. So if you know how the pizza is going to end, yes. why even order a pizza? If I uh, doesn't compute. Oh, my gosh. Your head almost exploded, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so for me, like I said, I already made an ice cream analogy, there you go. but I have to do a, a pizza analogy. Because it would be like a really ice cream I really like, but someone put gummy bears in it. But uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of problems with this. I wish Filoni and Favreau had done this instead. I think it would have been better. I, I give it, ugh, I give it four slices, and I don't know. Ewan McGregor is worth four slices alone. He is. Are he, you saying there's nothing? In you, okay, you're right. You're right. Okay, let's <laughs> let's uh, yeah. You're helping me out. This Positivity. is what this is what friends are for. That's right. Be positive. All right. We're going to, I'm going to say, because I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. So that's fair. Um, I've already watched it again. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to you know what? This is the thing. Yes. There are a lot of good things in here, but I don't like it halfway. So let's just do a four slice multi-topping pizza toppings of whatever you like on there. There you go. You know, it can be like, a, might even be a Supreme. I don't know, but it's only half a pizza. Not I mushroom. So. It's a four-slice multi-topping pizza. Four-slice gotcha. multi-top. Valid, differing around the table, but uh, interesting conversation. I love it. But that's it. Those are our pizza ratings. Yeah, varied amount of pizza ratings. It's, uh, <laughs> the script was uneven, and so are our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we want you guys to tell us what you think of Obi-Wan. Did you love it as much as Scott? Did you not like it as much as me? Or were you in the middle like Mikey? There you go. Let us know. You can hit us up on all our social medias at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also would like you to send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every week I say, Mikey, how would you like the Gmail formatted? But when we have a guest, 
We let our guests decide how they want the Gmail formatted. How would you like our fans to format the Gmail, not Scott? I'd like it written along the path, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be checking the path. Quinlan Voss. Write it along the path. Right to and us. we'll check in and find those inscriptions, find nice those letters along nice. the path. That's a great one. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you like and share and subscribe and tell your friends and do all those awesome things that help us out. We also want to thank... Not Scott for being here. Good to be with you. And for our equipment. Uh, we also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Jazzar for our music. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. May the force be with you. Always. And also with you. <laughs> Hello there. Goodbye there. <laughs>